we drove around all day and there's not a single job in this town. There is nothing, nada, zip. Yeah, unless you want to work 40 hours a week. Let me bring you up to speed. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. I'm getting a vibe here. Now, please, listen very carefully. This is the Brian Suits Show. Hey, um, some Sunday KTTH, Brian Suits here. Well, it doesn't suck to be Trent McDuffie. Uh, it, it did when he was a Husky, but now it doesn't. And he was a first-round draft pick by the Kansas City Chiefs two years ago. So, rookie season... Super Bowl, beating Philly 38-35, ring, rookie, rookie ring, rarefied air for that. Season two, ring, so anyway, good luck to him. Maybe he went over and and won another 100 bucks uh, on the Reba McIntyre National Anthem. Don't know. Someday maybe have to ask him, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I am 770 KTTH. Hope you're all stretched out in bed and stuff and uh, and that your boss bought your BS. I mean, this is, I mean, sure, I would say if you scheduled the day off, I mean, salute, okay? Um, it's never going to be a national holiday. Should it be? Yes. Yes, it should. Federally recognized. Um and call it Lamar Hunt Day or whatever, because he created the AFL. And I mean, without the AFL, there wouldn't be a superb owl. Um, he was the uh, the Hunt family owns the Chiefs. Um, and uh, fun fun fact, be- because my TV provider is a satellite, not direct TV. I did see enough of the CBS pregame show to see that it was Lamar Hunt's uh, wife that bought, you know, whammo Super Bowls. You know, remember the ball that you throw it at the ground and it goes 10 times higher than whatever you throw it or whatever? Anyway, when it was time to name the AFL-NFL championship, she came up with Super Bowl. I mean, it writes itself, you know, really? But uh, so anyway, there's there's your fun fact on that. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that that is... That's the Super Bowl of Super Bowls. Your rookie year, your second year. So anyway, congrats to him. Plus, if he's a smart guy, he went over. He went over on Reba. Uh, the The prop bet thing was a minute and a half, point uh, five. So ninety point five seconds, and she stretched it. And I, I mean, because if if you're a stickler for the lyrics, and I got to say at the Super Bowl. I am a stickler for the stick to a version we all generally know and can sing along to if you're there. Now, if it's an artiste, whether it's, um, you know, Whitney Houston or in this case, Reba McIntyre, maybe you're there for the performance. But I, I thought I would say, wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, you, 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 you sing for your little cover band, don't you? My little cover band. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Um, Thanks for that. But uh, she she kind of overagged the pudding on this one, don't you think? Uh, A little bit. This is the end. This is what. Let, let's chime in at eighty-five seconds. Did, can she get five, or can she wrap this thing up in five seconds? Last word. <laughs> Boom. Did- there you go, 90 seconds on the money. Wait, wait, her lips are still moving. Her, her thin little lips. 
And Francis Scott Key rolled in his grave. What a way to lose the under on extending that last note just a few more I seconds. I know. Adding, an, uh, adding a gratuitous, the brave, since that gratuitous is our word of the week. Gratuitous. It was home of the brave, the brave. That's not how Francis Scott Key wrote the poem. I will hand it to most of the musical performers yesterday. It did appear she was singing, that that was a hot mic, and it appeared Usher was not lip syncing either. In fact, his mic was too low. Whoever's running the sound, he yeah. gave him a little more juice. But for all the dancing he was doing and then him coming out on roller skates, I think he was actually performing uh, real music. And none of the kids knew who, who the H-E double hockey sticks he was. I mean, I barely <laughs> did. Um, I knew one song, and that was his closer, yeah. And that's the one that goes, dun, 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 dun. And my wife turned to me and said, I think you just don't like R&B. Well, she recognized I, a lot of the songs. I, I don't want to do this to us, men of advanced years, but how old's the guy? Because he, he went to shirt off. He's he got to be shirtless. at least 50. Don't you think? No. It's our, it's our I'm looking it up. Really? Oh, he's not much older than me. He's 45. That's crap. <laughs> um, take your shirt off and all that. But uh, so anyway, nipple slip. And I, I, uh, I got to say, I thought the uh, halftime was pretty underwhelming. It was okay. I, they, I think they overpromised. Um, on that, still to this day, the Prince solo "Purple Rain" is the greatest spontaneous, not spontaneous, but greatest halftime show ever. Because it rained a, on it. Exactly, during a torrential downpour. And he wasn't electrocuted. I thought U2 after 9-11 was also memorable, too, with all the names of the deceased going up on these big banners behind him. That was pretty emotional. Well, who stirring. wouldn't? <laughs> Carrot Top would be considered the greatest halftime show ever. Katy uh, Perry, Left Shark, still lives oh, in Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, legendary love shark. Someone was saying Usher missed out on an opportunity to have Pop-Tart there with him alongside him on stage from the college bowl game. You remember Pop-Tart? And they toasted him? We talked about this on the air. Oh, I want to thank God and Dr. Pepper? No. That one? No, there was a giant Pop-Tart at the Pop-Tart Bowl, and they toasted him at the end and ate him. And people thought he should have had a appearance yesterday. Uh, he should have had a, 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 a pardon a by the governor. Well, I mean, it's it the point of Pop-Tarts, and that grosses me out when you eat them raw, when you just open the Mylar and eat it. No, you toast it. No, you have to cook those things raw. You could get salmonella, all kinds yeah, of stuff. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> or plague, like they have down in Oregon. Well, here's the radio call, and this is how you know we're on the radio. First and goal at the three. Lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking in the shot. I like the Kevin Harlan when the cat is on the field at uh, Meadowlands in, in, in uh, New York. <clears throat> and then the guy with the brawn panties is running around. <laughs> that one, that Kevin Harlan, uh, non-politically correct Kevin Harlan is my favorite Kevin Harlan. Ken Mahomes, four-man front, receiver emotion, low snap. He runs and he throws, caught, touchdown. It's caught. Hardman caught the ball. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won! And the Chiefs identify as males. The entire bench empties, chasing Mahomes in the end zone. Their third Super Bowl in five years. I got. I, I never saw a breakdown, but it. Did it sound like the Kansas City crowd traveled better than the Niner crowd? Mm, possibly. Or was they, it 50-50? They're known for being very loud in Kansas City, though. So even if they were few, they were mighty. In very volume. very few commies like the Niners um, on, on that one. So, I saw Nancy Pelosi was at the game. Oh, was Frank she? Frank Luntz took a, a selfie of himself, and Pelosi was in the background. 
Newsom was out of the game and uh, and all that. And it was, um, I mean, you know, in all fairness, it's a tanky gas from San Francisco to Vegas um, and all that. I I I rather say uh, I have one one friend that was at the game. I would rather stay at home and tear up three thousand bucks than be a Niners fan of that game. Oh, the ticket prices are obscene. The obscene. nachos were sixty bucks because they can charge that. Then why is the why is the food so expensive? Because you're paying. You're getting in line for sixty dollar nachos in Las at the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. There's no surprises. There's none. Absolutely none. The, I got to say, if there it was one one reason to be really mad at Directv for taking uh, Channel Seven off of your uh, your lineup, they did a really well produced Al Davis. You know what? What what leads us to a Super Bowl in, in Las Vegas and the NFL in Las Vegas? They did a really well produced cinematic quality like backstory on Al Davis uh, hiring John Madden and winning a Super Bowl and then building the loathsome uh, Raiders uh, gangster friendly organization. Really, really good. R- really well done. Uh, the kind of thing that maybe Fox would do for yucks, but you know CBS did it with. with uh, with actual actors and uh, stuff like that. And how about the discipline from the camera operators yesterday when there were two streakers who went on the field? I didn't get even a and glimpse they of them during the they broadcast. They had their pants on. Yeah, are they technically streakers if they're not naked? Come on. The 1970s not. knew how to do it right. They had white pants on and apparently like hashtags written on their bodies, but they got no publicity because I didn't see I had to look up pictures of them after the fact. I was really surprised that the whoever was broadcasting the Super Bowl, the cameras didn't pan over to him. They must have had a discussion beforehand. Yeah, you don't you don't encourage that. You don't give people a payday. Certainly not, you know, social media influencers. Cause that's what everybody is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gotta say, when a when your starting tight end comes and physically assaults you, the head coach, <laughs> this is where Tony Romo I would have thought would would have been a little more. Uh, animated by this because I was pretty shocked by this. I mean, maybe you got to know Travis Kelsey. You got to know that that that's a 14 year old in it was a 29 year old body. Yeah. For the fumble, he comes over to Andy. He goes, "Keep me in." What happened is, on the fumble, he was not in the game. Noah Gray went in. So they're playing a replay of it, and you can see Kelsey. You can he, you can mouth he it. Chest bumped him, and not in a good way. Yeah, I mean he. I mean Andy Reid's he's kind of a big chap, and I mean he bumped him. He moved the guy like, like uh, you know, a, a sumo wrestler suit in a bar or something on trivia night. I mean, he bumped him and like Reed had his face down in the laminate looking at the next play. And Kelsey bumps him and says, keep me in because he wasn't in on a play where there was a fumble. And I didn't see the Christian McCaffrey fumble in the first half and stop caring. Um, but anyway, he wanted to win like a guy who had never won, like he forgot last year, but he really wanted to ring because after all, he had a lady to impress, didn't he? And he had to block. And so uh, he... ...the fumble. He comes over to Andy. He goes, keep me in. What- so he bumps his head coach in the heat of the game and the whole thing. And maybe, you know, you just uh, you just ruffle your, you comb your feathers back and you just tell the guy, you know, issue an apology today because it looks like I'm not in charge of you. And your girlfriend's not even that hot. I, so- I will just say that the real relationship between Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey has not begun yet. Come back to me when you're no longer number one in the charts and you haven't just won the Super Bowl 
and the S hits the fan when nobody's paying attention to you. You're sitting alone in your domicile. And he's in his underwear with a pot belly and a beer. No, no. One of you is eating cereal, and the other can't stand the sound of your teeth (laughs) as they're crunching on the marshmallows. I know, because you're an open mouth eater, Travis. You have to breathe like that? I know. I can hear you on the other side of the Gulf Stream. I'm, I'm in row 10A, and you're up there at... Oh, one B, and I can hear you eating a banana. But um, so so uh, anyway, uh, plus plus the the mandatory days apart. That's gonna be gone now. Now you you're gonna feel the pressure to be yeah. around every single day until two yeah. days in in August. We'll see. We'll see. Unless he turns out for the the uh, Kansas City Royals, because they because guess who reports in three days. Is it? Are we really on the precipice of the MLB season getting underway? Yeah the uh, the 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 black hole of sports begins last night around what eight p.m. until March Madness, Un- right? Until pitchers and catchers report, but they're not playing. But we're gonna we're gonna get injury reports and uh, and all that. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, just so, and also do Taylor and Travis. Do Tay-Tay and Trav Trav, do they strike you as people who can survive long silences? I, they do, He does not. Mm, I think not. Because, yeah, because you meet people that have to fill the void. With, wildly speculative. <laughs> yeah. And and I I think she she might have a brain power edge oh, on, on him. I, look, one of my pet peeves, and okay, I don't care. They should live and be well, have a great relationship. I, I hope it lasts forever. I could not stand all the pictures of them kissing after the game. And all of the commentators, whether it was Tony, Tony Romo or uh, RG3, all saying, that's true love, folks. Look at that. That's love. I'm like, I'm sorry. Embracing after you've won the Super Bowl is not a sign of real love. Yeah. Ask every actress that uh, had give a give me a break. Had, uh, every actress that had an intimate scene with Tom Cruise. Real love is a marriage that has lasted <laughs> 40 years through all the ups and downs, the triumphs and the tragedies. It's not smooching on national television. Or it's anyone who does love. an intimate scene with Tom Cruise and then reports back to the set the next day. <laughs> so there's that. So yeah, whatever, and 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 also for the record, uh, Biden, because of that stupid conspiracy theory, I don't know if it was serious. Please tell me it was a joke, but they tweeted out the uh, evil Brandon meme, the picture of Biden, Biden with the red eyes, mm-hmm. um, and it said, "Our what did it say? Our plan worked, or something like that." Right. Anyway, that so was the gist. They got their joke. Um, and the uh, the whole thing, Israel is about to win their war, and the White House is, is are, are calling them off the dogs. Um, and this uh, this happens uh, overnight. The Israelis rescued two hostages, and by the way, they employed a tactical head fake. They had an airstrike going on adjacent, well, about a thousand meters, a kilometer away from where the hostages were being held, because um, that became. A suddenly no crap situation, and there was a Hamas target that they were actually hitting. And Hamas, as usual, were keeping their human shields uh, handy. And the Israelis went in and rescued two hostages who are now back with their families and stuff. And this is in the southernmost, the largest, final Palestinian enclave because Gaza is not 
like a crazy Brooklyn with, with, with no open areas. Gaza is a bunch of settlements that have been there for 100 years. Gaza City is the main one where the most of the Hamas guys are. But as you go further south, closer to Egypt, you finally get to Rafah. And Rafah is the cross in the main crossing into Egypt, an Arab country. And they're busy reinforcing their border with Gaza because they don't want Palestinians in Egypt. Because the the the, the list of Arab states that are that sympathetic to anything except the window dressing of, hey, you don't bomb them so much. The list is real, real short. <clears throat> the list of people that will take uh, Gaza refugees, Arab countries that will take the Gaza refugees, the list is this long, and I'm holding my fingers together. Nobody. Because they would have done that 60 years ago. They would have done that in 67 or 73. They they, they don't, nobody, nobody wants them. Well, in, in fact, <clears throat> when the, uh, Egyptian-Israeli peace treaty was signed when the Camp David Accords, when, when uh, Carter and, uh, uh, and Menachem Begin and Sadat won the Nobel Peace Prize, it's because the, the Israelis got something for giving Sinai back from the 67 war. And it was recognition that you can exist in a peace treaty. And it's worked out. The one thing the Israelis said was, okay, if you're getting if you're taking all of Sinai, everything we took in 67, that includes Gaza. So you're taking Gaza back, right? And Sadat said, yeah, no. No, no, that's you. That's all you. But but anyway, <clears throat> the Israelis are winning the war, and apparently this administration doesn't like what victory looks like. I, I think we knew that. But um it's it's not pretty. And the World War II metaphors are flying fast and loose. But they're apropos. Uh, they said the the Israeli people polled have all said, "Look, if a two state solution will give us peace, we'll take it." But not with Hamas, because an institu- uh, 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 an organization that said we will destroy Israel on the first line of their constitution, they're not interested in a two state solution. They're demanding a one state solution. That one state is Hamas. Is is Palestine, but until you get me uh, someone who's a uh, uh, somebody with agency who speaks for the Palestinian people and in language other than death to the Jews, uh, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to destroy Hamas. And you get Americans like Richard Haas from the Council on Foreign Relations saying it's an unachievable goal. Wrong answer. It's entirely achievable. That's why the Israelis the Israelis are leaving a watery exit for Hamas. If they want to get on boats and go to Algeria, like 1982 when they left Beirut, they may feel free at any point, but there will not be Hamas in next door to Israel when, when they're done, and they're almost done. Uh, you're not hearing that in the American media, but doesn't make it untrue. Um, and b- because war is about logistics, and either you know that or you're not, or, or, or you don't, Hamas's logistics, they don't have assembly lines at for B-17s, right, at Boeing Field. The American logistical tail went all the way back to the Duwamish River, and it went forward to, to Germany, to 20,000 feet over Germany. It took a year and a half to get it up to speed, but when it was up to speed, we actually had a logistical tail that could cover every loss every day over Germany. So attrition-wise, training crews, whole thing— we could cover that. So logistically, America is unbeatable. Hamas's 
assembly line is grievance, grievance and dead bodies, dead Palestinian bodies. And the more they do that, the more money they get, the, then the more they can enrich themselves. You, When you start off the war the way they did, you dug a hole. Now they finally, with the help of Western media, have reversed the narrative to where they're the aggrieved party and the whole thing. And then the words of the president, the Israelis went over the top. And I mean, I don't know what to tell the guy, but maybe check how America wrapped up World War II in Germany and in Japan. I mean, before the A-bomb. I mean, way before that. It, it, was that over the top? Be you know why? Because it worked. So therefore, uh, it was effective. So anyway, I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole, I tell you. I'm going down a rabbit hole. I don't want to do that. Don't and let me stop you. I'm stretching. <laughs> Brave. And so, see, I would have made the under on that one if I had sang it. But um, logistically, this was set up to fail. Just like Germany in World War II. They didn't know what they didn't know. They didn't know that the real... The real war was sinking American ships in the Atlantic, and Hitler hated U-boats. He felt that they were underhanded. He liked big, shiny battleships. If he had been in love with U-boats, we might have been fighting uh, Hitler from North America. Hamas, if, if they didn't like murdering Jews so much, uh, they might have uh, created a situation where they got the, is the Israeli provocation. They, they, they got the JDAMs and F-15s. Um, but... Uh, and they would have had a little more sympathy, but they miscalculated. They played a bad hand, and, uh, well, guess what? Now this is happening. So uh, anyway, but you're not seeing it in the American media. So, yes, Israel is winning, and the only thing stopping them is Democratic Biden re-election politics. Uh, checking if you're texting right after this, 800-465-8770. KTTH, Brian says, remember my suspense music? Yeah, where'd that go? I know. Uh, totally in context today. Um, and uh, what about a suspense sound effect? Next best <clears throat> thing? Uh, I wish I, I used to have a thing called a science fiction stab, which is which is like that. Um, it's a you know, but uh, one of those. Anyway, stand stand by with it. But but uh, my, I loved my suspense one because I was in charge of it. So I could time it just right. But uh, so anyway, <clears throat> update on the Lakewood Church, the Joel Osteen Mega Church from ABC News. <clears throat> quote, free Palestine, close quote, was written on the gun belonging to a woman who opened fire at celebrity pastor Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church in Houston. But motive still According, unknown. Oh, you <laughs> blanked it up. I give away you, the punchline. You line. up blanker, according to a law enforcement official briefed on the investigation. However, comma, a motive behind the Sunday afternoon shooting had hit it. No, the suspense. Oh, sorry. That's why I got to find that. Anyway, um, 
not been determined. I screwed the Sources say you absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, sources said investigators are feverishly, feverishly going through the social media and writings belonging to the suspect. Remember when that crazy guy, that Nazi guy in, in, in uh, New Zealand took an AR-15 and went to a mosque and live-streamed as he wiped out like 60 people? Yeah, it was on Facebook or something. Everything was written on the weapon, mm-hmm. like Bible passages or, or whatever, and New Zealand authorities were like, well, we're sifting through clues for what his what his motives were. <laughs> it's like, look, when they tell you who they are, believe them. Um, uh, detectives believe the suspect fired as many twelve shots before being uh, killed by two off-duty police officers that were parishioners. Uh, they're described as a woman between thirty and thirty-five, and she brought a five-year-old with her as as a uh, human shield. I, I don't know. Apparently, she wasn't. Um, holding the kid, the suspect opened fire with a long rifle and two off-duty officers fired back, striking and killing her. The child also shot been hospitalized in critical condition. Not clear who shot the child or the relationship between the child and the shooter. Anyway, free Palestine written on the weapon. <clears throat> what a mystery on that one. Um, but uh, so so there's that. Pre- prepare for that story to uh, uh, disappear. Here's uh, ABC's version of this. Chaos erupting at Joel Olstein's Houston megachurch, Lakewood, after a barrage of gunfire. I was just walking uh, up the stairs, and when I got when I got on the top, like he started, they started shooting. I don't know, like, I just heard, but it was like more than ten shots. Leave. That's a witness identified as Levi Andrade. Levi Andrade capturing the moment shots rang out. They're shooting at Lakewood. Two people down. We need an ambulance. The shooter taken down, but during the gunfire, a young child shot, now in critical condition. We need to kind of for the child. All of this unfolding just before Spanish service was set to start with hundreds of parishioners in attendance. She entered the building. She was armed with a long rifle and a trench coat with a backpack, accompanied by a small child, approximately four to five years old. Dozens of first. As Houston Chief uh, Finner of uh, the Houston PD on that wild stab, there's ammo in the backpack. Wild stab. If if she writes free Palestine on the weapon, there's going to be some social media footprint. Of, and by the way, does she have a name? Yeah, I mean she's not going to be charged. You can give out the name if, if, if you have that. Um, but uh, it wild stab. There. There will be a social media footprint. It will be heavily anti-Israeli. It will be heavily pro-Biden. It will be angry that Biden is not uh, cutting off Israel uh, like an unwanted uh, son or something. I mean, uh, what motivates someone and gets them so spun up that they go to a mega church with a rifle with Free Palestine uh, written on it? Um, I, I guarantee that they're full circle, that they're longtime Democrat who are so let down that Biden is not spanking that Netanyahu's uh, little bottom for fighting back when the when the, uh, the the brave, brave Palestinian people resist uh, the colonizers. And, and I guarantee they'll, they'll be full of the code words. 
um, and that uh, she also appeared to be spraying an unknown substance. The suspect allegedly threatened that she had a bomb. Uh, officials searched her car, backpack, nothing was found. Uh, active re reviewing a history of arrests, they believe the shooter has on a record. Um, uh, wild stab, this is one of the fringe far lefties that are armed. Like the, the, the Antifa chaps in uh, uh, Georgia are protesting that, that police training facility. And they, they represent that the whole bunch of them are armed and stuff. Well, the guy that pulled the bigger knife in uh, uh, South Hill in Tacoma, uh, we, we, we have him, Naif Katamin. Uh, and I want to, I got to say, it's kind of a flimsy machete. I want to buy him a better machete. Uh, but uh, Channel 7, in between being kicked off DirecTV over the weekend, managed to uh, chase the chap down and uh, get a comment from Naif Katamin. First attempted robbery on February 5th. You can see a man in a black jacket waving his hand towards the shop owner, and in his hand is a small blade. The shop owner slides over, pulling out his machete before chasing the man out of the store. But we've learned that after that encounter, another ensued the following day. So in the video, there, there's a little guy, and he pulls out like a little Boy Scout knife, and he starts shaking that at Naif Katamin, a immigrant from a place far more dangerous than South Hill, Tacoma. I guarantee it. And but that's not the punchline. Okay, he he shows the knife, the guy runs, but what about the next day? So uh, I'll I'll give you some. Uh... He stood by the door there. Yeah. He said, "Listen." The police took me to the jail. They just released me. So he says, this is the day after he chased the guy out with a machete. The guy comes back because, and he's complaining that the police took me to jail and they just released me. Yeah. He said, listen, the police took me to the jail. They just released me. But I'm coming back to rob you again and kill you. I said, who? Are you the same guy yesterday who robbed me? He said, yes. Okay, are you the same guy as yesterday who robbed me? He said, yes, and he pushed the guy out. Anyway, I... I grabbed the bigger machete and you just threatened my life, Broheim. Never mind robbery, you just threatened my life. All right, a checking of the text saying a belated. I should say belated. Brian from the 206, I just switched to Fubo TV this past year. It kept cutting out during that's the so Super 630. Bowl. That's so 6:30 and I had to keep restarting the stream. It sucked. I will say that's the downside to cutting the cord is that you then have to rely on your internet service provider to make sure the signal's not interrupted I'll, while watching the big game. Sometimes Elon will buffer me, but I, I have with, with laptops, a PC, um, a, my TV, and then the kids' Xbox and TV, we've never had problems. GTG. Not, not, not like DirecTV is given Channel 7. Uh, fun fact about the National Anthem, I'm related to Francis Scott Key. That's a pretty fun fact. From the 310, Brian, did you hear about that passenger on board a Lufthansa flight from Thailand to Germany who died after his fellow travelers watched in horror as blood gushed out of his mouth and nose? What do you think this person had? By the way, that was an accidental Tacoma Town, T-Town Doug uh, uh, reading of a text. Um, what was, did you ever see World War Z, the Brad Pitt, uh, the movie version of, of uh, Mel Brooks' son's novel? I know of it, but I haven't it's seen a, it. It's a great, no, it's a great book. And a pretty good movie was adapted uh, from it. But I would say he may have had, uh, it sounds like Ebola. 
is an absolute episode out of a horror movie. Yeah, because e- Ebola shocks even medical people that, that work with it because it, it liquefies the human body from the inside out. So that's where... The 63-year-old was coughing up liters of blood. What was the Dustin Hoffman movie in where uh, there was an outbreak? Oh, yeah, it's outbreak, right? Yeah, with the monkey? With Cuba Gooding and Dustin Hoffman, only they're world-class virologists and, and yeah, all right, that. Right. And, I mean, that's what... I, Kevin Spacey dies in a horrible way because Ebola hemorrhages you from the inside out. And that, yeah. I don't know, but I would want to know before maybe I visited Thailand. If you're a passenger on that plane, I don't think you get that visual out of your head for the rest of your life. Just absolutely terrible. Um, uh, 360 says, I felt called out earlier for taking today off. In my defense, I worked six 12-hour days before I said I wanted a day off today. Okay, so you didn't call in six, so you're not that guy. A hovering crazy boss at a cement plant for that long it might make you want to take a day off. Be open-minded, Brian. Love the show. Adam and Berman. Well, okay, what about me for a second here? <clears throat> I have to sit for three hours and drink coffee. You don't see me calling in today. And then at nine, we have a meeting. with the, We have a weekly meeting with the boss. Or we just sit there. We, we trade stories. We're going to talk about food we ate and stuff. So think about me for a second, Mr. Tw- six, 12 hour days at the cement plant guy. Me, from, me, me. From the 425. Brian, I was not super impressed with the commercials last night, but I did uh, laugh out loud a little bit when Michael Sarah said he had a passion for human skin. That was a really funny commercial. I'm Michael Sarah, and human skin is my passion, which is why I developed this. Sarah V. Oh, you didn't know? Can skin truly be this moisturized? See, and that's the inside joke. He has nothing to do with that product. But it's his last name, Michael Sarah. Yeah, so I thought I thought after the fact, I said, okay, now I get that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then out of context, uh, here's some out of context Larry David from this morning. I hate it! I'm done! <laughs> F*** you! I quit! There you go. And that is, uh, you're checking the texting for Super Bowl Hangover Monday. If uh, some more interesting ones fell through the cracks, uh, I'll get to them when we come back. Uh, update on uh, some local news. And how did China make the greatest demographic mistake that we know of in human history? Because we're, we're now suffering. For every unmarried single Chinese citizen who comes through the southern border, we're suffering the secondary and tertiary effects of Mao's one-child policy. That is what that is. How did they miscalculate that big? Um, what, what was, what's the island that, Su- that uh, Wonder Woman's from? Oh, yeah, that one island. Not since they said kill all the men <laughs> has there been a bigger demographic mistake and more boring Fridays than what China did with the one-child policy. And they're just wrapping their heads around it. The plane is in cruise control headed towards the cliff and nobody knows how to take autopilot off um and there's nothing they can do now only a baby can take the autopilot off but there's no babies back in a second am 770 kth
AM, some of the KTTH. So we'll stand by for name and other possible motives in the uh, shooting in Houston at the Joel Osteen Mega Church uh, with free Palestine, Palestine written on the rifle. This is this is not a uh, anti railroad safety uh, protester. But I mean, Wild said we don't know. It could be Palestine, Ohio. Which, uh, by the way, the President will actually make an appearance. He will show his face there this week, uh, apparently. Do we care who who Taylor uh, or Travis endorsed for president? Because, I mean, even then, they you can't motivate people. That, old, young people just don't go vote. They just don't. I heard a discussion about this on Bill Maher's real-time show on Friday. I, I, again, I could, couldn't care less who they choose to endorse for this presidential election. Will it matter, ultimately? I think it will in terms of making a dent on young voter turnout. I think everybody's mind is already made up, but she could compel certain young people to turn out to the polls on election day, ultimately. But, I mean, a handful. Right, exactly. Uh, I mean, uh, it would be like people over 18. You've seen how effective Rock the Vote has been. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I am so, I got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm dead set against motor voter. Uh, especially the automatic uh, motor voter. Because studies have come out that, that are showing that uh, mail-in balloting increases the possibility for fraud. Uh, you know, is there a absolute, you know, scientific control um, no, there's not. But the ability, like in California, they have to put an upper limit. One person can turn in 100 ballots. That's insane. I don't know what the limit is here, but it's similar. But the, you know, what we do know is that people do go through neighborhoods and they say, hey, did you get your ballot? Do you need me to fill it out for you? And oftentimes, that this is why they love illegal alien um, neighborhoods. Uh, because in in certain counties, um, you can register w- without even a fixed address. You, you can claim that you're eligible. You just have to check a box and sign it and say, "Oh, I'm eligible to to, uh, to vote," and they will count your vote. And, and you have to say, "Oh," when you do it. Yeah, you, you have to, where's the where's the box right there? Oh, there we go. There's my uh, there's my uh, my John John Hancastro on that one. Um, well. Despite the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, it wasn't necessarily looking the way that way in the first half. I didn't see this in the first half. I thought it was during the desperate hours in the fourth quarter. During the second quarter of the game on Sunday, Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey bumped head coach Andy Reid on the sideline. You guys saw that, question mark. Uh, Kelsey said after the Chiefs' uh, victory, I'm going to keep it between us unless my mic'd up tells the world. I was just telling him how much I loved him. Uh, ha, 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 ha. But anyway, uh, he he mouths, um, and uh, I mean, I'm not saying you know Tony Romo is not Einstein on here, but if 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 he can read your lips, then the fumble he comes over to Andy. He goes, "Keep me in," and and he does. And there's the for the fumble. There's the Twitter. He comes over to Andy. He goes, "Keep me in," and it's slowed down. It's like at half speed. And he and says, Curp me. You tell me there were no expletives in that exchange? Come well, on. let me look. Let me expand it. But where would you put it if you're saying keep me in? Because he, 87 runs up to Andy Reid, who's a the, the a big, big bread dotted coach. He comes over to Andy. He goes, keep me, me in. What happened is 
I'm oh, I see where you've put the expletive. There you go. <laughs> it's between me and in. If you're going to violently chest bump your head coach, I'm pretty sure you're dropping an F-bomb or an S-bomb in yeah. there somewhere. And he's red-faced enough that he is, He is. Uh, he's adding a definite article, a the, and then some other word. Keep me something the blank in. There he is again. What? Yeah. So anyway, Tony, apparently Tony is Einstein. So, uh, oh no, anyway, there's my last F. Just ran out of it um, on, on that one. Uh, how China miscalculated its way to a baby bust. And you know how much I love the math on the radio. China's baby bust is happening faster than many expected. Raising fears of a demographic collapse and coping with the fallout may now be complicated by the miscalculations made more than 40 years ago. It was 1980 when they implemented... Uh, one child. We're feeling the effects now because of all the thousands of Chinese. The gap between m marriage age men and women in China is about per year. I mean, all the 19-year-olds, all the 20-year-olds, all the 23-year-olds. It's about 2 million per year between male and female. Plus, females are not getting married because in China, the contract you have to sign and, and give and provide to the state is crazy. And they don't want to get married. They don't want kids. And so that's why you have hotels filled with Chinese guys in Ecuador and then them walking to San Diego where TikTok tells them to get in because there's no future in China. And when it, when a nation believes, well, that said, there's no future like they do in Iran, then the women leave and the women are maids in Spain uh, and Italy and they're not having babies back in your country. I Iran is in the same demographic uh, tailspin. There used to be, I remember as a kid, covers of Time and Newsweek, which were magazines, which were paper things. <clears throat> Overpopulation used to be the thing. That was the global warming of the day. Thanks, Paul Ehrlich. Yeah, and the crazy part was, if you took every, every, if you took every human being in 2000, in the year 2000, if you took every human being and put them in the panhandle of Texas, every human being alive in, nine, in the year 2000, and put them in the panhandle of Texas, they would each have an eighth of an acre of arable land. You do the math. It's insane. It's a little a little more now. Now you got to go to Oklahoma. But, I mean, literally every human being in one, if, you know, if you want to live in that dystopia. But, I mean, arable land, that's that's how much land there. And the fear was, there's too many people. We're, we're eating too much. It was at... There were areas suffering famine because of bad economics, not because there wasn't enough food. Uh, so uh, anyway, now you get one child, and now no one in China is having babies. And uh, so either you invade Taiwan this summer after typhoon season, or you do it in 50 years after you turn the demographic decline around. But good luck with that, because once those start the way China has, they never come back. Um, back in 21 short hours and right here at 6 a.m. Uh, we, we should do is we should invent the Super Bowl hangover hangover the Monday hangover being at work or something now we'll be here tomorrow at 6 a.m. Uh, won't you please uh, join us and at dark secret place on the Twitter machine uh, or you can text app to 800-465-8770 and you can get the app and then uh, you'll have the app talk to you tomorrow I am see you on the radio I am 770 KTTH It's over. Goodbye.